Welcome back to another episode of the Main Quest Podcast. This is, of course, the number one retro gaming podcast that doubles its magic meter the smaller the thong is. As always, I am your host, Keith. You may have heard this before, all the places uh, you can find this show. Maybe you haven't heard it before. I don't know. Every, this is, everyone has their first episode, right? Um, <laughs> it's Main Quest Pod on Instagram, underscore Main Quest on Twitter. I post a lot about what's coming up on the show uh, on those social media platforms. It kind of gives you a chance to play along as well, because this isn't really a nostalgia podcast. I'm very much putting these games under a modern microscope here. So perhaps if I had a time machine, things would be much different. But anyway, uh, I don't know what else to put. Uh, buy some merch. Start funding that time machine for me. <laughs> Maybe that's the only way you could go back and, and, and really look at these uh, things. Because technically, these video games would not be dated if I was, um, you know, going back and playing them the day they were released. So, And of course, uh, if you're digging <laughs> what you hear, please take a moment to rate and review the show. It moves the numbers. It makes those ones and zeros appear in a search engine. And all of that stuff makes the show uh, more discoverable. Speaking of discoverable, discoverable, discoverable. Hmm. <laughs> I got on the Discovery space shuttle i brought that thing out of um retirement commission commission uh and i put in some very specific coordinates and i landed on this planet that had two podcasters on it unfortunately uh we're like weirdly enough i i really only had room for only one other passenger and one of those podcasters happened to be holding a copy of Golden Axe in their hands. And I was like, how convenient. Like, I actually need to record an episode on Golden Axe. I was like, you want to you wanna hitch a ride back to Earth with me and talk about that game? And then the other guy was like, yeah, but what about me? And he, like, held up a copy of Banjo-Kazooie. And I was like, uh, I just kind of, like, sat there. I shrugged. I'm like, ah, mm. It's going to be a couple of years until I, until I get that game, but I promise I'm going to come back here. I'm going to come back and get you in a couple of years. When I get into the N64 stuff, I'll be thinking about you, buddy. If you can't tell, I'm desperately trying to cling to the list off lore here. <laughs> this is just a long-winded, very poorly constructed way of me welcoming Ryan from the now-defunct list off podcast back on the show. Hey, how's it going, Keith? Thanks for having me, man. And uh, guys, look out for my autobiography, Golden Axe Saved My Life, coming soon to your bookshelves, <laughs> a bookstore near you. Uh, the sad part is the, the planet we were on was actually about to explode. So, uh, them, them, the, oh, them's so the breaks, Brian. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> he's done. You will be missed. I tried my best. You know, I try. It was either that or tape him to the outside of the shuttle, which, upon reentry, I mean, it would have ended poorly for him either way. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing is he uses inverted controls, so like it may have helped with piloting the ship, but uh, not with much else other than that. Well, maybe we end up being like a, a Dragon Ball Z type of thing where, you know, you think he died on the exploding planet, but he actually like found a, a, a another decommission speaking speaking of uh, decommissioned space shuttles 
finds a random space shuttle and and goes off and learns um what's that thing goku learns i don't know instant transmission sure S- sounds yeah, like so something that would happen <laughs> <laughs> not a dragon ball z guy okay i've seen some episodes but no i'm not in general i'm not like an anime anime guy is it anime only if you're pretentious how do you say how do you say the uh you know comic version Ma- how do you pronounce manga <laughs> manga is it manga or manga? i i would actually say manga in that case but I do say anime, so like I just can't make my mind up. I'm definitely not the right person to ask. No, neither am I. Manga sounds raw. Like that even just sounds wrong to say. It does. Like, you know what? It, you know why? Okay, I think I figured out why. Because mango? No. Oh God. Maybe yeah. I'll just take that out. No, no, you're <laughs> no. It's wrong. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's why I was just like, there's something in my <laughs> brain that is... That makes this feel negative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for coming back on. I, You know, you're retired now. Yeah. How, how does that feel? It feels good. I wish I was retired when it came to, like, my career, uh, but I'm only retired when it comes to <laughs> podcasting. I'm very good at doing nothing. But, yeah, no, it feels good. I... I I miss list off. There are definitely parts I miss having, you know, that time set aside to talk to friends about video games is always good, but people like yourself have been kind enough to get me on their shows and I still have that opportunity. I do miss talking to Brian one-on-one though. Uh, We do message back and forth pretty consistently, but it's not the same. You know, there's a certain dynamic when you could just like shoot the shit with somebody. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. Spending more time with my family. um you know, periodically, I was going to say you guys should, um, oh boy, here comes old, old man Keith here, uh, fa- FaceTime each other. Yeah. You guys should, I was going to say you guys should FaceTime each other. Like, I don't know, once a week maybe or whatever, right. just to catch up real quick. But I was, I was thinking you should take that one step further and get on like a zoom call maybe and just chit chat or whatever. But while you're doing that, just record the conversation. <laughs> and then just publish it. And just put it out in the yeah, ether. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Right? <laughs> I do. I know what's going to happen. I did it for two and a half years, man. I know exactly what's going to happen. Slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do miss, like, there are times where I do miss it, for sure. And it hasn't been that long. You know, I wouldn't think it would be long enough for me to feel like I, I miss it as much as I do. But... It, it's the, it was the right decision. Like, I, I appreciate having the time to myself and to my family more than I miss it. I don't know how many people are interested in the inside baseball of <laughs> podcasting and not podcasting for that matter. So maybe we should talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Ryan, anything you've been playing lately that you want to talk about? Um, sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll talk about my, I'll just go ahead and say it was my game of the year for 2022. And I recently rolled credits on it and it was midnight suns, um, which is a, it's by for the guys who did XCOM. So it is turn-based strategy, but it's, uh, with the Marvel superheroes known as the midnight Suns. So basically you get like a roster of 13 heroes. Some of them are from the midnight suns, which is like the darker, more like arcane side of the Marvel universe. And some are Avengers, like the characters everybody knows and loves. And it's really, really cool, man. The combat is just 
so well done. And uh, the thing that I was very apprehensive about when I made the purchase was the friendship sim kind of side of it. There's like everybody was saying, oh, you know, I didn't like this side of the game. There's a lot of conversation involved and you have to like go fishing with Blade and you know, played cards with Wolverine and I'm like, well, so I kind of, you know, the way people were painting it in that more negative light, I'm like, man, I don't know if that's really my thing. I got to tell you, I ate it up, dude, because like I, I, I grew up in the nineties reading comic books, X-Men comics, all that. So like being able to have these conversations and in the conversations, there's all these little Easter eggs to like comic book lore. And, uh, it's just, it was so such a good offset from the combat and like the story is whatever the story is kind of cheesy in the game, but it's supposed to be, it's a comic book. Like I think in today's world of the MCU and all these like darker films, people lose sight of the fact that like these comic books were fun once upon a time. And like even characters like blade are funny because they offset their dark side with this like real person underneath all that right i was gonna say there's nothing edgy or dark about blade fishing yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly but uh it was i i'm still playing the game even though i rolled credits so i beat the story and the story's fine like it's it's serviceable but it really the combat is what sings for me and uh just all the different ways you can mix these characters and their specific abilities and their specific decks it adds like an endless supply of replay value because there are just so many different combinations you could bring into combat with you. And like, yeah, going on like a stargazing date with, you know, Scarlet Witch or, or Logan, like can't beat it, man. You can't beat it. I heard, obviously I heard of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've heard you talk about it, uh, even having it dethrone, the mighty uh, Marvel Snap. Yeah, it did. Which a lot of people were talking about last year. If it wasn't Vampire Survivors, it was Marvel Snap. And then obviously, uh, if you're casual, Elden, Elden Ring. Ring was my number two. <laughs> Elden Ring was my number two, man. So I'm but, a filthy casual. <laughs> it's, um, I like had no idea what the hell Marvel Sons was or what was it called? Suns. I already fucked up Midnight <laughs> Yeah, no, Suns, you're cool, man. Which I mistakenly was like, oh, isn't that a DC game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had no idea what exactly this game was. And then I heard people saying that it was a deck builder. So I was like, oh, OK, well, obviously, naturally, I'm just not going to be that interested in it. I'm not much into card right. games. But then hearing you talk about it being an RTS similar to like XCOM or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. it is turned. I still now I, like even knowing those factors, I still, I have to look up a video yeah. or something. Cause I still don't know what the fuck this game well, it's is. It's such an interesting mix. And this is what I love. Like, you know, you're getting a lot of these cross genre titles now. And I love that people are experimenting with these ideas. Like a game doesn't have to fit one genre to be good. So it is legitimately like a deck builder mixed with turn-based strategy mixed with like a friendship simulator. And I'm going to tell you, if graphics are important, you're not going to get a whole lot out of this game. The graphics are not that great. Uh, but you know, if you, if you like any one of those things, I will say it does all three of those things really, really well. So if you like two of those three things, you should probably try this game. Hmm. What are you playing it on? Uh, PS5. 
So it's not a like a mobile game or something like that. Or no, I think it's available on all platforms though: Xbox, uh, PS5, and PC, except for Switch. It might actually be on Switch, but I don't. I don't think so. It's weird because I haven't really talked about. I haven't had like a reoccurring guest on in a long time, so I haven't really gotten to talk about what I've been playing off yeah. off the show. Tell me, or I, in my free time, I want to know. I, I kind of been playing a lot of stuff lately uh, dipping my toes in you know every year i come up with 10 games to wipe off of my backlog and i've already completed off the top of my head two of those in the first Um, month yeah uh uh, inscription vampire survivors i feel like i'm missing one but one that i'm currently playing uh is river city girls and i'm trying to kind of I've never been, and I specifically want to talk about this one because we're going to be talking about a beat 'em up tonight. And I'm not a beat 'em up fan. Mm-hmm. I've, I think I've kind of talked about this on the show before. Obviously, I've played a lot of beat 'em ups as a as a kid, but I like. I feel like I've played all of the very, um, again, casual beat 'em ups. So like, you know, Final Fight, uh, Turtles in Time stuff like that and so it's like coming to a game like river city girls is like frustrating because it's both it's both incredibly modern has modern sensibilities to it but it almost seems to have the unfairness of like these older beat-em-up retro games if that makes sense are you familiar with the game have you played it no i played river city ransom though on the nes Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but never yeah. played any of the River City Girls games. Okay, it's um, I have like a real love hate relationship with it. Like I keep going back to it and playing it, but there are aspects to it that I'm just incredibly frustrated with. The bosses have three phases. You know, you there's a health bar. You know, and uh, once you get through one part of the bar, they switch up their attacks. Each of them is like that, but also you do very little damage to them. And so it's very frustrating that once you figure out the pattern, their patterns and everything, it's just a matter of outlasting the fight. It's very much like a it's a test of, of patience more than anything. And when you die after a few times and you're sitting there, you're just like, okay, well, I know what's coming up. A lot of the stuff is kind of up to RNG uh, as far as like where a projectile or something is going to strike. And so in that way, it's like, well, yeah, I know the pattern, but also like that doesn't guarantee I'm not going to get hit. So it's really just like, again, it's a huge test of patience. And I just don't have patience for that kind of boss battle, which is weird because now that I think about it, Returnal is very much that same way right is it though but i uh i mean well those bosses those bosses did have multi-phases yeah but you're like firing the whole time like it's to me like the way you're describing the combat is more like you you don't get to like unload on the boss right because yeah there are parts where like i said it's an old school beat up so it's like you can't always hit the boss Mm -hmm. when you want to yeah you it's you kind of just have to wait around right uh, there's this one boss in particular. I think, I think it's like the second or third boss. Uh, she's like a seamstress or something like mm-hmm. that, 
and the entire fight for the most part she's floating around in the air so you are literally just waiting around until she falls to the ground and you can hit her (laughs) it's like the most frustrating boss fight i've had to fight in a while but i mean i don't want to keep harping on all the bosses there's some other there's some other um aspects of the gameplay i'm not quite gelling with and i think it's just a matter of they're they're putting in way too many moves in the game so like you know i'm trying to do one thing but it accidentally triggers another thing which will leave me either open to an attack Mm -hmm. or because i triggered maybe like a special move on accident it'll drain my meter yeah uh, my special meter so kind of ironic because you probably won't have that happen in the game we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. But I mean, overall, like the art direction, uh, the way it's stylized is like a, well, I guess not like, not a comic book, but probably more like a, a, a manga um, is really cool. The voice acting is pretty decent. And it's, you know, the story's corny. You know, the girls are rescuing their boyfriends, which is a nice, you know, little twist on probably whatever the fuck river city ransom was never played it so it's like the most obvious assume, twist <laughs> they're, they're are they out to save their I girlfriends think so yeah or a princess I don't, I don't really it's definitely not a princess but um the plot doesn't really <laughs> stick with me from that game but yeah i mean again beat-em-ups aren't really my jam so take what take what i said with a grain well, of salt this is going to be a great episode it's yeah i'm just i you know i'm trying to step out of my comfort zone and to kind of play more games i i otherwise wouldn't play and just kind of see what happens i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it i'm i'm interested enough in what's going on oh cool that i want to keep playing it otherwise if i wasn't if this was gay if this game got on my nerves enough i probably would have dropped it by now but uh, i haven't so yeah, with that, let's let's talk about the beat 'em up we did play. Today we played Golden Axe. Personal histories, I'm going to go first because it's really simple at this point. Um, I don't really have a personal history with this game. I I do have like a very vague memory of watching my older brother play this game. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I I don't think I really played much of this at all uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, because of my history with beat-em-ups, it wouldn't surprise me if you know, I was watching my brother play it and I just did not even care to touch this. So interesting with that. Uh, what's your history with it? Did you have two controllers for the Genesis? It is co-op. That's a good question. I would imagine we did, but even if we didn't, my friend had a Genesis as well. So it's not like we couldn't have brought over our controllers or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So, um, I like many, Americans had a friend with the Genesis, <laughs> right? Because <There you> <laughs> uh, I did not have one myself. Um, at one point, I did, but I, it was well after like the heyday 
anyway, this, so I would always go over there. We'd, and we'd play Genesis all the time. Uh, a lot of good memories playing games like Land Stalker, uh, which is actually an RPG, but we stayed like up one night playing that game because we were so like engrossed in the story and everything else. And, you know, we were really big hockey fans at the time. So we played a lot of NHL 90, 93 through 96 and like made our own teams and made ourselves characters in the game in the later titles. And, you know, it's funny because like you kind of play whatever you have, right? And Golden Axe was one of those titles. And this is when we would always just pick up and like casually play. So that's my personal history with it. Most of my memories are from playing uh, over at my friend's house. It was a, another one of those games that like we had on hand all the time. So it was like a tried and true. We could fall back on Golden Axe if we wanted to play something. And I remember renting other title, other beat em up titles specifically. And some of them you're like, wow, this is a really good game. But like, you don't own those ones, right? <laughs> you're stuck with what you own. So Golden right. Axe was the title that, uh, yeah, it was always a good time. Uh, co-op was great. You know, you fight over resources and, uh, just like always, it's like that playing with your friend BS. You know what I mean? Like you always find a reason to like argue about something when you're that age. So it was, it was fun and contentious and all the good things that like playing a two player co-op beat em up adds up to. So, uh, yeah, that's my main history with the game. Uh, I did recently replay it for this though, Keith, because I wanted to give you an accurate description of my feelings mm. for it. Thank you. Uh, and also thank you for giving me that brief history of your history with the Sega Genesis. Cause I think this is your first episode yeah. on as I'm covering these games, uh, yeah. the Genesis specifically. So. And you know, I think in a prior episode, you said nobody owned a master system, right? Nobody we, owned a master system. Yeah. Well, I had a different friend who owned a master system. <laughs> and uh, was it Shane from Retro Hangover? No, no. I mean, for all his name was Jamie. I won't like dox him and give a last name out because it's pretty unique. But uh, we played like Akari Warriors, and um, there's like this haunted house game I vaguely remember. There was the Snail Maze game that was like the default on the console for a master system when you just turn a it snail on. Snail game? Yeah. So if you don't put anything in the console, I remember this, and you hit the power on, it's like a maze. It's a snail maze. And you, like, navigate this little snail through a maze. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I have played, in total, one Sega Master System title. Can you guess what it is? M maybe. I don't know. You're, I, what's a popular... I don't even know what a popular Master System title is. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. I didn't even know it came on the Master System. Shows yes, what I know. It, it, um, oh, this is the episode where you were talking about it, actually, I think is the Sonic episode. That it was ported to the Master System? No, that nobody owned one. Um, Yeah, it might have been. Might have been. Anyway. Yeah, so and I think it was Chris that told me that I should check out the Sega Master System of Son the Sega... Wow. If I say <laughs> Sega Master System one more time. <laughs> it's the record. It's messing me up. Uh, he told me if I played that version of Sonic the Hedgehog, it might be a better experience. And I will tell you, because uh, of, of this time of this recording, I don't know if I've picked it for player versus podcast, but it's in there. It's, it's, it's in the hat. But I played it uh, just, just to play it, like after we were done recording mm -hmm. it, and... It's pretty good. Wow. It's pretty good. I'm very fucking surprised. Like, it's just like a regular ass platformer. You, without 
all the horse shit from the Genesis version. I can't believe you just said a Sonic the Hedgehog game is good, Keith. That might be the only good Sonic the Hedgehog game ever. So the, the jury's still out. I haven't played the other ones yet. And, you know, <laughs> I am the be all end all of anything video gaming. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. You are the authority. I am the alpha. I am the omega. Uh, video games mm-hmm. were a mistake. Um, <laughs> this is a treat because you have a, a history with beat em ups. You know, I had Phil on for Altered Beast. And Phil was also on your episode for top five beat-em-ups. And you guys were like in your glory talking about beat-em-ups. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Beat-em-ups. Like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a time and a place, man. I definitely have a soft spot for beat-em-ups in my heart. So was this like, had you played beat-em-ups prior to Golden Axe? Or was this kind of like your intro to them? Like, what really set you off with beat-em-ups? It was an early one for me. Uh, I don't think that it was my intro, because I was playing, like, Double Dragon, you know, Double Dragon 2. I played the socks off of that. And um, I played all the Double Dragons. Double Dragon 3 also. <laughs> and, uh, like, the Ninja Turtle games, you know, Turtles, the arcade game on the NES, and then Turtles in Time on the SNES. So... Golden Axe wasn't my first beat em up by any stretch of the imagination, no. Okay. No. Well, now that I'm done buying time because there's not a lot of development history, <laughs> Golden Axe is a beat em up developed and published by Sega. The game was designed by Makata Uchida, who I actually talked about on the aforementioned Altered Beast episode. He designed that game as well. And as history would have it, he actually continued to make more beat-em-ups for pretty much, like, the entirety of his career. A lot of just shout-outs on this episode today. Fuck it. So we were talking about Retro Hangover earlier. I was on their episode for Die Hard Arcade, yeah. which is a game that he also made for the Sega Saturn. Hmm. But yeah, like, early, like very early on in his career, I don't know how he got into Sega. Um, not much of that is known but looking at like the list of games that he made there really wasn't a lot out there that he was putting out like he didn't really start to hit his stride until like about 99 2000 when he just started like pumping games out but like looking at this list like there's not a lot of stuff that really stands out i just think it's weird because a lot of people put stuff like altered beast up on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and you know, as Phil and I kind of talked about that game and, and kind of broke it down, we were like, well, it's below average at best. Like, right. it, it works, but, you know, it's it's definitely not something you need to go out and, and relive if unless you're like incredibly, incredibly nostalgic for it. But yeah, I mean, are you did you play Altered Beast? Are you familiar with kind of like his earlier work? Yeah, I'm familiar with Altered Beast. I think, you know, it's. Not to echo what, exactly what you guys said, but it's it's kind of like getting that new system. This was an upgrade for a lot of people who had an NES prior or you know maybe only saw an NES or an Atari before this. So seeing something like Altered Beasts is probably like a core memory in some ways when it comes to their gaming history. So yeah, you're going to have people who put a game like that on a pedestal. It was a pack-in. It was an early Genesis title. It may have been the first time they played a 16-bit era game and just like it blew their mind, right? So 
it's middle of the road. <laughs> like it's it's probably lower than middle of the road in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, I'd I'd be interested in hearing some of his later games. You said there's nothing to note, so I might not even recognize any of them. But uh, uh so he did um he did that Altered Beast reboot. Uh, I think that's for like the <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> okay. Um, Nights into Dreams. Okay, that's pretty big time. Yeah, sure. At the time, it, it, it was a big time. Has its following. Yeah, yeah. Um, a dynamite cop. Okay. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much like the biggest titles. Yeah. Okay. Those are yeah. like the three big ones. Yeah. I, I was quote unquote big. Right. Uh, depending on what you think of them. With Altered Beast, also, you know, that was an arcade game first, mm-hmm. and I just I don't know what the hype was for that machine. Uh, you know. Golden Axe and Alter Beast have like a very similar, not only development history, but just kind of life cycle. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that was like all arcade games, though, right? You know, they would come out, be a relatively big hit, and then they were like, well, we need to port this to console because consoles are, are the new thing. And so with Golden Axe being, I'm kind of skipping a little bit ahead here, but Golden Axe being uh, an arcade game, was this something you played in the arcades at all? Did you ever see this machine anywhere? No, not at all. And same for Altered Beast, right? Like finding out later in life that they were arcade games first was a surprise to me. Uh, I feel like there are those games that you always see in the arcade, right? There are older ones like Donkey Kong or Pac-Man or, you know, whatever. And then there's like Street Fighter 2 or a beat-em-up that actually is good. Uh, X-Men or <laughs> Turtles in Time or things like that. Like you just have these memories yeah. of seeing them in arcades. Maybe I went to an arcade where Golden Axe was present, but like I probably never gave it a second look. Yeah, I didn't actually find out that Golden Axe was an arcade machine until I went to this place uh, in Madison, Wisconsin called Aftershock. Mm-hmm. Kayla and I just on a whim stopped up at this arcade. We were taking a road trip and... um we're sitting at the uh, at the bar, and the guys and I. I previous, I think I was just brought up, you know, that I was going to be recording with you. I was going to be recording Golden Axe, and the bartender was just like, "Oh, hey, we got a Golden Axe machine or whatever if if you want to play it." And I'm like, "There's a Golden Axe machine." He's like, "Oh yeah, it was an arcade game before you know it got ported over." And I was like, "Oh shit, all right." So that's cool. <laughs> I went and I, and I played it, and uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> There's quite the difference between the the difficulty of the uh, arcade machine and the and the Genesis ports. Yeah, which gotta eat those quarters. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll get to that because the the overall strategy I used to play through this game on the Genesis was not working. <laughs> Did not work at all in the arcades. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's not too much to say about the development of Golden X. Unfortunately, it, it's just. I would kind of be echoing what I said on Alter Beast. Um, essentially, Uchida was inspired by films that he was watching. It just turns out he more or less ditched the the horror themes, kind of ended up being Altered Beast, and went with more of a, a wizards and, and fantasy type of deal for Golden Axe, which also uh, a little bit of interesting t- uh, an interesting tidbit that I found was that for whatever reason, Uchida thought that he needed to develop a game that would compete with Dragon Quest. <laughs> you know? This is, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the hit beat-em-up Dragon right. Quest. 
I don't know if he achieved that, but <laughs> but like why? I guess like by all means, I haven't, I have not done a Dragon Quest episode. Right. I who knows if I ever will. I don't know much about Dragon Quest as a whole. I don't know how popular that game was in Japan at the time. It was probably huge. Yeah, probably. I, I could imagine it would. I mean, it spawned eleven sequels and s- several spinoffs. So uh, it's always been much bigger in Japan than it has been mm-hmm. anywhere else. So maybe Dragon Quest was public enemy number one, and he was like, "I need to make a game Gun to for throw the top. this one." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So like, like m- maybe the genre lines as we think of them weren't as well defined back then. You know, now we know like, hey, one is a beat 'em up, one's an RPG. Like, what were you thinking? But maybe back then he's like, no, people buy it because it's fantasy, right? Like, so I'll just make a game that is fantasy in its genre, and like that will compete with Dragon Quest. You have a point, yeah, that, yeah, the lines are a little bit blurred, but also that's such a weird way of thinking. It is a definite, <laughs> like, definitely, like you're not even going to do anything to make it remotely like the game Dragon Quest, other than like it's a fantasy skin. And you get like potions. Yeah, right. So what movies do you think he was watching? <laughs> like, here's a little thought experiment. Like Conan the Barbarian's got to be one of them, right? For sure. Yeah. I would think. You know, maybe um, Clash of the Titans or oh, something. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Because of the yeah. skeletons. Right, right. Like, yeah, Jason and the Argonauts or something there. Yeah. Jason and the Argonauts, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just curious. Because you have, like, the mounts, right? And I'm like, man, is there a fantasy movie where they ride around on, like, creepy, weird-looking lizards and stuff? Like, I'd want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. beaks or right? whatever. I'd, yeah. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Yeah, because I I think Alter Beast I mentioned he was wearing he was like wa- watching a lot of like creature features like a lot of werewolf movies and stuff right, like that, right? Which yeah. makes a lot of sense for sure. So like with this, like yeah, I don't know, but yeah, man, I mean it, it's weird that he was like, well, Double Dragon's probably really cool, and well, at least for the time it was really cool. Say what you want about it now, I, I personally don't know, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe he was a little self-aware about Altered Beast because a lot of the things that made Altered Beast, he, it's just really not in Golden Axe, which is, I will say, a change for the better. Mm-hmm. I think, not to give away my thoughts too early here, but I think Golden Axe is a much better game than Altered Beast. I just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> it's gone. What, what what was it ported to? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ryan, I, I'm glad you asked me what it was ported to. Uh, <laughs> but first, I have to tell you when the arcade cabinet came out, which was uh, in January of 1989 in Japan, later that year, uh, it came out uh, around the globe. As for the version that we played today, the Sega Genesis, uh, it was released in December of 1989 in America, uh, also in Japan, and then the very next year, uh, 1990, in Europe. That's a wild turnaround for like the arcade game to be out in January, and then boom, it's ported in December of the same year. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like at this point, arcade ports have been around for quite a long time. Yeah. I think most developers and, and programmers kind of have it down to a science. Not to mention, at the time, 
I mean, yeah, ar- arcade games were still kind of like the uh, premier gaming mm-hmm. experience, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But like the Genesis was like catching up. I mean, that's what right. Sega did. Sega made arcade games. And True. so the Genesis was very capable of recreating those those arcade ports very faithfully. So it, it must have, you know, I don't know. I'm just this is just conjecture, but right. it must have been a, a pretty easy experience to bring those games over to the Genesis. Yeah, you're probably right. Just be just because of the hardware at the time. Yeah, um, for sure. And and I'm sure as the podcast goes on, I'm gonna see those dates get shorter and shorter, you know, mm-hmm. as you know who I you know, I would be interested to find out if there are any arcade games that also came to console day and date. Wow, I wonder. Like the Daytona? Uh, that's a Sega that's the Sega title I would think where it's oh, sure. possible, you know. But yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to find out. Well, uh, this game did get ported to the Game Gear, the Sega CD, which is basically the Sega Genesis anyway. Yeah. Uh, PC Engine CD, the Amiga, Atari ST, Amstrad CPC, Commodore 64, the Wonder Swan, and the ZX Spectrum. Manga. Bang. Manga. <laughs> 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 They're coming for our Xboxes. Um, yeah. So no 32X on this bad boy, huh? Nope, <laughs> uh, no, no, not yeah. at all. <laughs> Review scores, uh, for some context, because we are not professionals. EGM gave it a 29 out of 40. GameSpot gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Game Informer gave it 8.75 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> and Chip Bacon on BestBuy.com gave it a perfect 5 out of 5, also saying, quote, I never played this, but my friend has it, so I know this is a great game, <laughs> end quote. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that. <laughs> I was actually a mutual friend of me and my other friend growing up who uh, we wouldn't let play. He'd just have to sit in the corner and watch <laughs> old Chip. <laughs> You're getting cucked by golden axe. That's right, dude. He's just sitting in the corner like, Enjoy this game it. is so awesome. of golden axe um there's there's some if you let the i don't know if you because i've i've done this show for how long i'll start a game and Mm -hmm. i will just put the controller down and let it do whatever it does and see what happens and there is an attract mode here it's a weird attract mode because they don't show any gameplay really Mm mm-hmm they basically show these title cards of our three characters, which are uh, Tyrus, 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 Flare, Gilius, Thunderhead. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and my favorite, Axe Battler. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, uh, so like these, these names are obviously analogous to their their magic that yeah they use, right? absolutely so it's a little bit on the head but axe battler is like 
That's a cool name. I don't know. The guy's got an axe and he fights. Yeah, what should we <laughs> like call he, him? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> which I like. I don't know. This is a Japanese game, so I wonder if there's like some localization issues. Right. Where they're just like, well, this. I don't know what this guy's name is, so let's just call him Axe Battle. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a cop out. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know if did you see this attract mode at all? At all? No, no, I d- I never caught this, dude. I, okay, like, so yeah, so they just yeah they have like these little biographies that flash up on the screen, and then right after that, it's just a a, a quick glimpse of what like their final power up is. Yeah, and then it's on to the next one, and for like each of these titles, or yeah, for each of these like little profiles that pop up. They give you kind of like just a really, I would say a brief history, like a brief like profile about who they are, but it's really. But does it give their not, blood type? It's not. No, <laughs> no, which is incredibly disappointing. Uh, you would think they would. Yeah. But they kind of give like a, a, a little history. And by a little history, I mean, there's a sentence on the screen that's like, this person's motivation is to kill Death Adder, who is the bad guy, right? Yeah. Their motivation is to kill Death Adder because Death Adder killed their mom. And then it was like, okay. And then we go to like the next character, like Gilius Thunderhead. And like, Gilius Thunderhead wants to murder Death Adder because he killed his brother. And it's like, <laughs> all right, okay, cool. And then it goes to Axe Battler. Axe Battler wants to defeat the Death Adder because Death Adder captured his his father. And it's like so is Death Adder just after like people's families? Like what? Yeah, what's like, going what on is, here? Like, going on. But then, like, when you jump into the game, it says something about Death Adder also kidnapping a king. And hey, take a shot. It's been a long time. We're saving a princess too. So hey. So is the implication that like Axe Battler's dad, who was kidnapped, is he the king? To be fair, I didn't write down like. All of the family members that did right there. Yeah. But that's basically the gist of <laughs> right. what it's just like he's just stealing somebody's he's either killing somebody's family member or, he's taking them. or, or kidnapping them, right? Yeah. So I mean yeah, it's predictable. I, it's possible. I mean when I look at Axe Battler, he certainly does not look like royalty. It's true. I none of these characters honestly look like royalty is, at is, all. This is like one of those things where like why? Like why add a story? You know? Because it has to compete with Dragon Quest Ryan. <laughs> this Which is this is where probably, it achieves it. <laughs> <laughs> the depth of Golden Axe's story is unparalleled. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a ten hour JRPG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, uh Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I didn't know any care. I didn't even know their names. You know, it was like <laughs> sword, sword and loincloth, uh, you know, little axe guy and axe uh, battler yeah, and red Sonia <laughs> and red Sonia. That's who they red were for Sonya. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, so I also played, I don't know who you played as. Uh, I only played through this game once. Mm-hmm. I played as Tyrus. Tyrus, Tyrus, I'm saying Tyrus, mm-hmm. uh, who is the it's the female character. Right. And when you start the game, she adds like a little blurb, like before you begin the game, saying that 
<laughs> Death Adder killed her friend Alex at the beginning of the game. So what? I don't. Did you play? Who did you play this game as? The two other characters. This this is in my recent playthroughs, and I have to say, um, the guy with the sword and loincloth, whichever one, he's got to be Axe Battler, right? Even though he has a sword, <laughs> and the other guy has an axe, <laughs> right? It's got to be. <laughs> in my mind, it is. Well, which ones you? Which one uses the thunder magic? Is it the axe guy? It is. is. It Axe Battler or is it Gilius? Oh Thunder man, Red? I can't. Because I think I think the other guy uses like rock magic. So I think actually the one with me, an dude. axe is Gilius Thunderhead, <laughs> and the one with a sword is Axe Battler. If I have this correct, uh, but yeah, um, I, I have played as a as a female character back in the day, but I kind of just okay. wanted to b- mix it up a little bit. But when you started the game, was there like an extra little bit of story that they added? I didn't catch anything. If there was, like, I completely skipped it. It might just slam an A. I was like, I'm ready to to beat some ass. Yeah, let's go, dude. (laughs) Um, Okay. No, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. I think it gives you a blurb of like what you're trying to do, where it's basically like defeat Death Adder or something. Gosh, I just, I literally played it two days ago and I couldn't tell you. Like, I wasn't paying paying attention to the story, Keith. I know for sure, like, as you complete each stage, there's, like, a little graphic showing your character moving up a map, mm-hmm. and they give you, like, a little bit of story, and they're just like, ah, oh, we made it through another uh, another fortress of Death Adder's enemies right, or whatever. Right. We're on to the next place right. or whatever. So there's, like, a little bit of story in there. Yeah, yeah. It's presented decent enough. I certainly do not give a shit we're, we're still not into the the great storytelling of of video games yet Does that makes sense I, yeah i don't know my mind is scrambled yeah and i no, i mean to be no f- games are Go i was gonna say no games are te- telling a compelling story i should say at this point right and i, I mean some do try like there were games out there that were making solid attempts at it you know rpgs ironically enough uh come to mind uh but it's also a beat em up. Like, no, you know, uh, I played a lot of 16 bit era beat em ups, and like, I, you don't really care. You know, it, it, it's like you go, you go to the right and you punch people. Like, that's what you do. Yeah. I think maybe Uchida could have no, you know, obviously no disrespect to Uchida, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but per- perhaps he could have been a writer for maybe a JRPG or something like that because. When I think about Altered Beast, it seemed like he was trying to go for certain mythological themes of mm-hmm. that game and trying to present a deeper narrative than he could have ever possibly done on hardware like that. Um, and I think it's very much kind of the same thing with Golden Axe, too. But, I mean, to be fair, Golden Axe has far not to say it has like again not like it's like this huge narrative experience or anything like that like a rpg or something like that but uh, has a lot more text in it than altered beast but but has a lot less voice acting as well mm-hmm. <laughs> so i would say it's a better trade-off to be honest that's one of yes. those things it's one of those things i don't miss from altered beast is the the horrible uh, sound samples but. the grading sound samples of this era right yeah but we're not talking about the music or anything like that yet 
Let's talk about this gameplay. As far as beat-em-ups go, this is pretty standard issue stuff here. I mean, this really isn't anything that I haven't covered with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Battletoads, of course, again, Alter Beast. Take a shot every time I've said <laughs> Alter Beast in this episode. You will be passed out. So B is used to attack. C button is used to jump. Using both of these buttons and the D-pad allows you to do a couple different combos, which is really nice. None of this stuff, personally, uh, in my experience playing it, uh, really mattered that much. And this is where I think some people are going to get upset with me. And this is kind of something that I talked about with Martin uh, of the Reviews Brothers when we, we talked about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But when you find like just one simple thing that works in a game that's, well, at least that I thought was uh, pretty difficult at times, you just stick with that one thing just to see through the game, especially when it comes to like these retro games, right? So for me, it was the jump kick. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just basically double tap the D-pad to run, get some momentum, jump and kick, and you are basically unstoppable. And I, I went through this entire game without being touched. So I don't know, like, what what is your experience with the game? I mean, did you find it difficult? Were any of the combos or anything intuitive for you? Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not easy i mean i i don't i think beat em up still had that holdover from converting from arcade games where it's meant to eat your quarters you're meant to die right like you're not gonna make it through this game getting untouched unless you cheese it uh, using nothing but jump kicks but i mean you make a good point and it's a it's a it's an issue i have with a lot of these early beat em ups you could do that in almost any early beat em up and cheese your way through a game. I mean, it works in Turtles in Time. It works in uh, TMNT, the arcade game. It works in so many of these where, like, you have those frames where you're in the air and can't be touched, and the frames where you're not in the air, you're kicking. So, like, you have a pretty good, uh, pretty good ratio of not being hit. I did try to get through it without cheesing it, uh, and I do like some of the combos. I do like when you, like, are the loincloth muscle man, and you get, like, closer to the guys, you start, like, bashing them over the head with the butt of your sword. Yeah. <laughs> and then okay. you could like, pick them up and throw them. And this is something I did all the time playing with my friend back in the day. We would always, like, see who could throw more people off of the ledges because in some of these stages you're, like, higher up and there are bridges yeah. and, you know, it's not all solid ground. And, like, man, we used to just, like, love tossing dudes off the edge and, you know, in our mind imagining them falling like thousands of feet to their deaths it's really definitely wholesome stuff we were doing but yeah i i think in general as far as gameplay goes the genesis had a great controller for beat-em-ups especially in this era where there were limited inputs all you need is three buttons like that's it you know mm -hmm. and it yeah. It was less of a hindrance than having one on like the SNES. And I think that's why, like, the Genesis is very much the console of this generation for beat em ups. And I think it's because that controller scheme works so well. Uh, plus, like, Sega put out a lot of great ones. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely found the combos intuitive. But it's also, if I was going into this blind in 2023, I don't think 
it's intuitive to like walk closer to the enemy to grab them. I think that for me was intuitive because I played a ton of Double Dragon 2 and because I, you know, had played Golden Axe before. So it was definitely intuitive for me, but that's all like muscle memory. <laughs> I mean, obviously, before I, I found out that I could just jump kick everything, I was trying to legitimately play the mm-hmm. game. I, I, not to touch on the graphics yet, but just like the way you talked about your character and the way he used like the butt of a sword. Yeah. Some of the, these animations from these characters are actually like actually really good yeah. i was really surprised like how tyrus would like fling her sword around and like uh, use it in different ways depending on uh, what combo you were doing and like she would either like thrust it or like swing it around or like oh yeah just kind of almost hit just use almost looked like she was using a baton and not a sword but <laughs> like and just kind of like bash enemies with it which i was like oh wow okay yeah, you bring up a good point. Like stringing hits together, it's like fluid animation. It's not just one type of strike over and over, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, as far as the difficulty goes, it was just like one of those issues where the AI was just so overpowering at times. Mm-hmm. And you would just, you know, once they started hitting you, and this isn't just this game. I think this was a lot of beat em ups at the time. And even. You know, I talked about River City Girls. This is a problem I have with this game, too, is once you get hit, you are just locked right. into that animation. And if you are just there getting pummeled by, you know, two or three enemies, you are a sitting duck uh-huh. until you fall out into like a, a an, an animation that allows you to escape right. the, the chaos. Um, but by then, like you're either very close to death or you are dead Mm -hmm. Uh, which was something that i was like yeah this this sucks i i hate this and that's just kind of one of the things that kind of forced me to try and find a way to cheese it because there's always a way to cheese these very early beat-em-ups whether it's locking enemies into animations that they can't get out of Mm -hmm. you know flipping the script on them fuck you trapping (laughs) me in my animation trap you or again, just finding like a, a very uh, easy method of attack to deal with people, and um, yeah, yeah, the jump kick was just a easy method for me to uh, not only execute that, but it also gave me a plenty of room because if you hit them with the jump kick, they go kind of flying off screen, and you just can kind of sit in the, the center of the stage and just wait for them to come back and do it again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was cheap, <laughs> but also I got through the game. Hey, no worries which, there. Which is to say, like, by the end of the game, when you get to the final boss, it's, I feel like that boss, they programmed him with the intention of you never being able to beat him because he has an insane, insane pool of health. Yeah. Uh, it's a it tough final boss. Unruly. Yeah. 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 Like, that was the, besides for the beginning of every stage, um, which is where I used save states because i was like well if i die i don't want to start all over again the boss was really the only time i abused save states because i just i just kept dying i could not Mm -hmm. reliably keep bashing on him with that jump kick especially with the he's surrounded by two skeletons Mm -hmm. he's he's flanked by two skeletons which i think are invincible Mm -hmm. whereas everywhere else in the game those skeletons are not invincible so i thought that was a, a little it's a little weird. Again, it, uh, just a theory. I don't think you're supposed to beat <laughs> this game, but I don't know. 
Maybe. I mean, it, it, it's definitely made to, like I said, eat your quarters. Uh, you bring a good point up with the AI. Don't ever stand in front of them. <laughs> Don't ever stand in front of the AI. They will charge you and, and hit you. Uh, but you could use that to your advantage because if you get a mount that like shoots a fireball, then you know they're coming. You could just line them up and keep shooting fireballs at them. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's easy to outsmart the AI at times and use that to your advantage. So there are multiple ways that you could kind of find these loopholes, right? To make the game a little easier. But man, that final boss though, it's, it's not fun. It's not a walk in the park, I should say. It's not that it's not fun. It's just, uh, very difficult. I assume since you are a seasoned veteran, you probably just like played this all in one continue. Oh no. <laughs> no safe Gosh, states. Get out of here. Oh, okay. No way. No way. Uh, yeah. I mean like seasoned veteran who hadn't played the game in, you know, 20 <laughs> some odd years prior to the, the last week. But yeah. And yeah. Like I said, the, when I played the arcade game, I tried utilizing my jump kick method and, the I, the AI did not give a shit what plans I had for it. It they did not care. Uh, they would knock me out of the air very easily. Yeah. So it it was not a problem for them to just completely just stomp my ass into the ground and take my quarters. Right. Which, I did mess around. They have some different modes available too. Uh, from the main menu, there's like a beginner mode which plays like a shortened version of the game. It's like a taste test and it never reaches the difficulty of the main game. And at the end, it kind of gives you this text that's like, Hey, congratulations. You beat beginner mode. Now try the real game, which is like such an odd thing for a cartridge to have, you know? Yeah. Like why even make it something separate from the menu? Uh, and then it has this other mode called the duel, which is like almost, it's not like an endless horde mode, but it is like an endless duel mode. At least I couldn't reach the end of it. I think there may be an end, but you're put up in a one. First, it's one v one, and then eventually, like you get put up against m- more numbers to ramp up the difficulty. But it's like increasing matches that are increasing in difficulty with timers and everything. It almost plays like a fighting game where, like, okay, you have to defeat one of these minions before the time runs out. And then the next stage, it's like one of the harder minions. Now it's like a minion with a mount. And then it's like, oh, now two of these minions. And it was kind of cool because they were trying something new, uh, almost akin to a fighting game, as I said. And um, the the other early example of something like this I could think of is the original Double Dragon, where they mm-hmm. kind of had that uh, 1v1 mode. So it's neat. It, it's That I could see as like a valuable inclusion. Beginner mode, not so much. Yeah, it sounds like something that would work real well in like more of a, a modern version of this game where as you get through these battles, you either get upgrades that you can equip or maybe mm-hmm. permanent stat boots, stat boosts that you could bring into the regular game. But like I take it, the further you get into this, you pretty much probably just get like a congratulations, you beat the game. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, and you get one health pool for all of it. That sucks. Yeah. That, I mean, that's cool. It's in there. That's a yeah. cool addition. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't check it out for the game, to be honest. Yeah. Um, or for this episode, I should say. It's cool. It's in there. And, and to, and to go back to what you're saying about the whole beginner thing, I think, um, I think that was something I mentioned or I talked about in my X-Men episode 
where you play like three or four stages or something and mm-hmm. then magneto shows up she's like you fucking pussy you should play the real game <laughs> yeah now. It's yeah just basically like, it's like that with that magneto like, <laughs> yeah Six Bidoofs? I thought I'd be unbeatable. How could I even lose? Especially to this youngster. Uh, aren't you forgetting something? Ex- excuse me? Money. You lost. Pay me. Come on, kid. Can't we Can't we just let it slide this time? I've hit like a really bad rough patch lately. You know, sometimes you just go in the store, you buy too many paralyzed heels. I've got these... No, no, no. According to Chapter 5, Article 3, Provision C of the Indigo Pokemon League contract, all licensed trainers, both current and former, upon losing or forfeiture of battle, are subject to a tax levy based upon the region in which the trainer is licensed, which means you owe me approximately... Carry the one for... $230. $230? The Poke... The Poke Center doesn't even charge that much. That's free healthcare, dude. Hey... I don't make the rules, man. Now, are you going to pay up, or do we need to get Officer Jenny involved? No. No, I got it. I got it. Um, it's those fucking berries I've got. Uh, all I've got is, like, $5. I got some TMs here I'm not going to use. Those berries. I got some berries, man. Uh, are you kidding me? How many battles have you lost? What? What is that? What's that in your bag? Th- this? This is a Bane Quest podcast t-shirt. Oh, perfect. There's a water bottle and, oh, a pair of comfy shorts in here to keep me from overheating in this hot Kanto sun, man. Kanto summer's reaching 90 degrees out here. Come on, wait. Why? You you can't have any of that. No, 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 no. This merch will be more than enough payment. What's that on the inside of your jacket? That's... That's not a that's not a real badge, that's just a main quest pin handed over. This junk is gonna sell really well over at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main quest pod. I'll be able to turn a profit for sure. Enough to at least pay off what you owe me. Uh yeah, uh, I guess. Would it but wouldn't that stuff go to better use if it went towards, you know, supporting something? Like a content creator being able to produce more content? Sure would be a lot cooler to get something back for what you put in. What, like a TikTok? Listen, guy, you're way too old for that. And the future is about flipping stonks and flying to Lunala. To catch it, of course, and diamond hands, bitch. I won't tell you again, but if you want your stuff back, just go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main quest pod. Pay me back and the league won't be notified. Man, you are awfully litigious for a 10-year-old. Listen, Gramps, I got a ton of baggage to sort out at the game corner. Ever since that gang took over... The house always wins, and my Pokemon is starting to become malnourished. It's Growlithe eat Growlithe out here, after all. Get the game corner? Aren't you a little too young to be gambling? You would think so, but the adults here are so entrenched in capitalism that widens the gap of grotesque economic disparity that they're neither here to foster a loving relationship with their children or what and where we spend the swell of income from this black market we call Pokemon training. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You have a point. I think in the future I'm going to be a little more proactive with myself and start my own merch store. Do what you want, but just get the hell out of my way. I gotta keep standing in place, 
and spinning in circles until I lock eyes with some unsuspecting fool and challenge him to a battle. It's League Rules, of course. thing we haven't really talked about yet is the magic system and so every once in a while as you're playing the game these little uh goblin dwarf guys is dwarf pc should i be saying well, I dwarf i mean um, i think they're like dwarf in the fantasy sense right dwarven, dwarven yeah. yeah dwarven and okay. um but i think they're actually like gnomes because they have like a gnome hat don't they Oh yeah, I suppose dwarves are probably like actually taller. Because right? I think one of the one of the selectable characters is a dwarven axe battler. Perhaps I don't know. Surprisingly, <laughs> I think he uses he might be the thunderhead guy. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I gotta look this up now because I, I probably have it wrong. Yeah, I mean it would have to be the the dwarven character with an axe is axe battler, right? Like, there's no way they screwed that up, right? So these. It show up yeah <laughs> oh jesus keith <laughs> and they they run around holy the stage. shit keith axe battler is the guy with the sword stop no i swear to god i are swear to fucking... god ryan are you fucking my ass right now <laughs> <laughs> this whole time no <laughs> axe battler is the guy with the sword dude i swear to you gilius Let's see, Gilius Thunderhead. Yeah, yeah Gilius Thunderhead is uh, the guy with the axe. Uh, uh, he, and they call him a dwarf, a dwarven. Yeah. So okay. get the, well, the I knew. I mean, the, hey, I it's knew the nineties, it. different times. But think, like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? The guy named Axe Battler isn't even the guy with the axe. Do you see the cover of this manual for Golden Axe? I gotta look now. I was looking at the w- Wikipedia. Wait, is this? Oh my God, is this the art? The box art? Oh, the box art was like a romance novel. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the box oh, art, the, dude. Yeah, it's the cover for the manual too. So same thing, same deal. Yeah, Fabio, right there. Yeah, man, that's crazy, right? No, it's crazy about the characters. He has an axe on the cover. It's called Golden Axe. What is the golden axe? Where Ryan? does the golden axe ever come into play? Cause like, I played, fuck, what was that game called for the turbo, the turbo graphics that I, I covered? Um, 2020 was a wild year. <laughs> it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna bother me. Um, the legendary axe. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I covered the legendary axe, and at least in that, the titular legendary axe is something you have, and it has these magical powers. Here we go. Are you ready? What the fuck is Golden Axe? Did Let you me know? There's a story in the manual. Oh, yeah. I didn't read that shit. Uh, no, me neither. Like, this is all new to me. So, the, uh, the land that you're- Let's go back to the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, it's okay. We have a tendency to do this in, our, in the episodes <laughs> where you asked me to come on. So, Uria is apparently the land that you're fighting in. It's a strange land with evil oppressors. 
isn't urea like a thing you get it's like a tract infection yeah yes <laughs> it's spelled with a y here <laughs> so <Okay>. yeah <laughs> uh so it did say that um the death adder has massacred thousands finally he kidnapped the king and his daughter the princess and seized the golden axe there you go so it is a thing in the game i didn't get a golden axe when i beat death adder Maybe it's his weapon. I guess it's the weapon that the Death Adder is using. He does have an axe, if I'm not mistaken. It's an axe that he uses. I, I don't remember if it's like a scythe kind of thing. or an, It's an axe. It's like a battle axe. Well, because when you get to the end of the game, it's one of those situations where Death Adder... I don't think Death Adder is the final boss. It's somebody else, right? Because it's like a switch. It's just like, oh, we killed Death Adder, but it turns out Death Adder has a boss who's been pulling the strings all along oh, is, or something like is that. Is correct? Yeah. Yes, you are correct. So it's not like when you kill Death Adder, it's not like you get his golden axe and now that's your weapon that you use to kill the final boss. It's not like Ghosts and Goblins or something where you have to have a specific weapon to right, kill right, the right. final boss or something. Right. This game doesn't know what it's doing. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, it's like they threw it in the manual. Like, we got to name the Golden Axe somewhere, right? It, it's literally Uchida being like, what is the most fantasy-sounding game I could make? Or what's the most fantasy-sounding title I could come up with? Sure, yeah, it works. But also, like, what is the Golden Axe? There's no Golden Axe in this game. No, it, 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 unless they use the wrong color on the, the axe in the game <laughs> <laughs> on Gilius thunder i mean which is entirely possible they called a man without an axe axe battler so like i wouldn't put it past him <laughs> like that's supposed to be gold and it's silver like what did you do where does the name Gilius come from i don't know the magic system remember that um yes <laughs> sorry so you beat the shit out of these dwarves, and they drop magic jars, which essentially fill a a magic meter. Um, and as long as you have one of these jars, you can use your magic spell. But if you collect multiple jars, and the entire meter is filled, you can use a very large, powerful, essentially screen-clearing attack. It, it might not clear the entire screen. It might be some, you know enemies with some health left but uh, it'll do a ton of damage using any specials at any point empties the meter completely which is something something i didn't think was that great i think this is much better than the transformations in altered beast which were just kind of like very overpowered and mm -hmm. it was just like once you have them you get you know you get your certain special moves that you couldn't do as a human but I don't know, something about the risk versus reward and getting to save up your magic is really nice. But at the same time, like, I just, uh, I kind of wish you got to choose the level of magic. I get, how do I say that right? I wish you basically got to choose how strong your magic attack was going to be instead of it just automatically right, being right. like, well, You've got six potions, so you're just going to use them all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What did you think about the magic system? 
I, I say magic system very loosely, but you're basically it's just a special if we're yeah. using beat 'em up terms. Right. You know? I thought it was very cool. Uh, the effects were great for the time, definitely. And like this was the highlight of playing uh, when I was younger. Right. It was like getting those little blue dudes and earning enough potions to to hit your max spell. And it's cool that the animation changes based off of like which level of the spell you're using. Um, and I do like the way it's paced, you know, I do like how the game is paced as far as like, oh, you'll have a couple sections with enemies and then they throw in a blue guy and it's very much like you could use your magic to get out of a tight spot, but it, it's to me playing as an adult, it was obviously paced as like save that magic. Cause when you get to that stages final boss and you use it, like that's going to be the true benefit. So they kind of space out these potion givers throughout the level. Like, Hey, you know, get them now, like get them now because you're going to need them. And then typically when you get into that final boss fight, you have that full magic meter and you could just blast them with it. It takes, takes the edge off that fight a little bit. Um, so I thought it was a cool system. I thought it was well designed and uh, well imp- implemented too. Yeah, there's, and there's also after you beat the boss, uh, there's like a little interstitial between mm-hmm. stages where you wake up at like a camp, yeah. just a random campfire. There's always just a, campfire in the middle of a fortress or like a right. uh, a flying bird ship or whatever you're on yeah. um, <laughs> but there'll be like a number of these little guys running around either giving you health drops or or magic potions mm-hmm. to kind of re-up a little bit before you you start the next level and f- from my understanding it's that each character has a different meter so like the character I was playing as, I think she could hold like six or seven jars or something like that. Yeah. And then like another character could only hold like four and then the other character could only hold like three or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Do those spells scale then? So is like, is Tyrus's the character I played, is her like seven spell as strong as like the other characters like three spells. No, it's more powerful. Sense? I think it was more, it's more power. Like she is meant, whoever had the highest is meant to be like weighted towards a magic user, right? Cause some of the characters have different strength when it comes to hits too, like the damage they do on enemies. Okay. So they have different stats. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always apparent, right? Like they don't say this anywhere, but I think people, it's come out like obviously the game has been out for a long enough time that people understand this data now. Uh, and it does in fact scale to like certain characters have certain strengths. Well, I think it's one of those things too. Like when you play turtles in time or something, like clearly those characters have different stats. It's just again, one of those things that's just in the background. They right. don't explicitly tell you. Yeah. But it's part of the system. So that could very much be the case for Golden Axe. Yeah. Like you said, I, I do enjoy the fact that you can save them up, but I don't know. Just again, just I'm repeating myself at this point. It's just annoying that it's all or nothing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Anything else you want to bring up about the uh, gameplay at all? Anything we missed or? No. Nope. I don't think so. Um, cool boss fights, you know, for the time. They're kind of all. Uh, similar in some ways but uh yeah 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 so well one thing about that final boss that really differ differentiates itself from the other ones is he can cast spells which is uh man 
that again, I utilize save states because yeah. he's kicking my ass. You can't jump kick away from that. No, <laughs> like when a giant fire dragon appears on screen, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like you can never, there's no telling when he's going to cast it. Like he doesn't really have a set pattern or anything. It's just random. Oh, right. I will say too that the inclusion of mounts is cool. That's the gameplay thing I want to add. Um, they do like a good variety of mounts as well. Jump on a raptor that breathes fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like a little mini dragon mount that breathes fire. And, you know, some of them breathe fire in different ways, too. And then, like you said, you have that little, like, mini bird tail whip. Uh, <laughs> the gimpy yeah, lizard yeah. bird thing. It's like, like kill me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, take me out of my misery. <laughs> it is. It's, like, not meant to be on this earth. <laughs> it's an abomination. It totally is, dude. Like, island of Dr. Moreau going on the Golden <laughs> Axe. <laughs> but uh, I thought the inclusion of it was cool. And I like kind of this like tug of war that happens with the yes. enemy AI sometimes where like everybody's going for the mount, you know? It's great. It was cool. these graphics here um i think you're a little bit more positive on these than i am i'll let you take it here uh what do you think about the graphics well i mean i want to i want to say different things than you say not to say that <laughs> not to say that it, what you have to add is invalid or untrue uh, because i definitely think i agree with what you're about to say but uh i think most of the things we actually are going to agree on but yeah for sure i don't know uh, it, it, you know, I previously mentioned it had some cool magic effects, uh, definitely for the time we've talked about how the animations were neat and unique and, uh, felt smooth, you know, especially for that era of gaming, cool character models, uh, for the mounts and, and, and for the people, for the characters themselves, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's funny, like playing as a little kid, right? You like pick up this game and it's always like, who do you want to be? And you always like base it off of appearance at first. So like, who do I want to be? I want to be the buff dude with a big sword and a loincloth. Like, of course, right? Like, that's what I want to be when I grow up, when I'm like <laughs> 10 year old Ryan, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not making up for anything at all. <laughs> well, I was like a little kid, dude. I'm probably making up for all sorts of things. But uh, I also like played a lot as the girl because, you know, she was like the badass chick and uh, it was always fun to play. I always enjoyed playing as girls in, in beat-em-ups too. A hundred percent. I mean, that's why, I mean, to this day, if I have a choice in any game, I'm probably going to be a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you. And then, you know, playing as a dwarven character as well, like... I always had it in my head that he was the strongest one, you know, because of like how dwarves are depicted in media. And I don't know if that was actually the case. He always, I, I definitely tried his, to play as him, but, um, found Got him a nice center of gravity, hard to knock down. Right. Found him lacking, <laughs> uh, in, in actual gameplay. But, uh, yeah, 
I do think the character models are cool and unique, if not limited, right? Like it's, it's very limited. Uh, and that's a good way, I think, to describe all of the graphics in this game. They're, they're very limited. It's like nothing really shines outside of those magic effects in some of the animations. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, the, the sprites look pretty good and the enemies are, at least for the first couple levels, are pretty varied. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while that you start treading into palette swapping territory. Yeah. And some of these animations, like I said, like some of them for at least the, the cast of the, the main cast here, the three characters pretty decent, but like as for enemy attacks and stuff like that, like the movements on some of these enemies is just like kind of akin to the NES beat em ups that I mm-hmm. played for the show. Like it's pretty subpar, nothing really that great overall. And this is just something I cannot think about now that I've talked to off air, discussed with people the the graphics of the Genesis. Now that they have brought up that the Genesis always just a lot of the games just look incredibly muddy. That's all I could think about with this game was just how fucking brown this game was. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like if you told me the games of like between 2005 and like 2008 took inspiration from golden axe i would be like yeah they absolutely did because this, <laughs> this graphics look identical um yeah this game's just very fucking brown and i it's it's kind of ugly it's kind of ugly despite you know some pretty decent animations here and there but yeah the magic attacks i mean those are the showstoppers right you know just like altered beast before it with the the transformations and stuff the thing this game really wants you to see are those magic attacks. Um, I didn't check out any videos or anything of like what the other ones, the other uh, attacks look like for the other characters, but like for the character that I played again, she has like six or seven different animations uh, from like, you know, little firefly, literally like fireflies swarming the screen and stuff like that, or like fire pillars popping out of the ground Mm. to like, uh, again, uh, an attack that the the final boss has is this giant dragon appearing on screen and just igniting everybody. It's really, really fucking satisfying, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's just it's just kind of a shame that like, uh, I, and I mean, I guess it, it makes it worth it, right? It makes it worth going through the trouble of collecting all those magic jars and keeping them for as long as you have to. I get it. I mean, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they said like. I and I agree with you, especially environmentally. They're, it's ugly. If they were like, "Oh, we used five colors," I'd be like, "Yeah, I could see that." <laughs> <laughs> you look at something like Sonic, and you're right. just like, "Wow, this is incredibly vibrant." Even the different locales are incredibly unique to one another, and it only helps that each one has its own basic, like basically its own color theming and stuff like that mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you're in an environment whereas like i know there were different environments in golden axe but i c- couldn't tell you if we actually left that forest or not right <laughs> yeah. like you know they all just kind of seem like another forest level but yeah i know they're not well ryan i'm gonna sideswipe you with a a thing that fans have been fans listeners cult members followers <laughs> have been wanting me to bring back for several months now it is a portion of the show that I did away with 
couple years now. Oh, uh, last I, year. You, did you wait till I came back on to do this? No, no. It actually just ha- like happened to be that you were going to be the guest. So this was not <laughs> something that was planned. Um, I hate this. You part. just so happened to be the first victim here. <laughs> okay. This is a game I would like to call Fantasy or Fantasy. Essentially, uh, I have 10 locations, and they're either from a Final Fantasy game or an Elder Scrolls game. Oh, Jesus. Each location is worth one point. And if you can tell me specifically what game it's from, I'll add on an extra point. Now, I know the last time I was doing these games, I was kind of keeping a, a tally of people who were in, like, first, second, third place. This time, I, I, I guess I'm just going to keep running with that theme, but uh, just, I guess, just kind of have, like, a, a podcasting leaderboard, so to speak. So You don't have to keep my score. I'm, gonna, I'm about to hand in my gamer card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like, I will fail this, but we'll see. We'll it's, see. This is all in good fun, uh, unless you really want to make a competition out of it. That's your problem. Uh, I get it. I'm very competitive as well. So, uh, so here it is: fantasy or fantasy? Are you ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Yep, let's do it. All right. Number one, our first location, Lufenia. That's got to be Final Fantasy. That is Final Fantasy. Do you know what Final Fantasy game it is from? No. Mm. <laughs> Should I well, just take got a that- guess? <laughs> I mean, you can. 13. It is from the first Final Fantasy. What? Is it really? Yes. This is like one of my favorite. It's like my favorite NES RPG. It's a end game location, if I remember correctly. Wow. Who knew? Location two, Figaro Castle. That's from an Elder Scrolls game. Incorrect. Damn it. That is... From Final Fantasy VI. I should know that. All right, it's it's gonna start getting a little, a little more uh, archaic here. Location number three, Windhurst. I feel like this is a trick question, but I'm gonna no. say I'm gonna say Elder Scrolls anyway. It is from Final Fantasy Get Eleven. The f- <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never. What is the Final MMO Fantasy game. Eleven? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, hey, mainline Final Fantasy. Eventually, I'll, I'll get I'll get one right if I keep saying Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for location four? Yeah, location four <laughs> is cool. Not cool, like as in cool spot. It's spelled K H. U U L. Cool. Saying it wrong. I don't know. Chul. <laughs> I know, right? I'm gonna go with Elder Scrolls. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Do you know which Elder Scrolls game? Oblivion. Incorrect. Is it Morrowind? Morrowind. Yeah. Yes. Location the fifth. <laughs> er. <laughs> I was gonna say your, but it's like, you are. It's you are, as in like what we used to text people in two thousand three. Ah, oh, God! I, why do you do this to me, Keith? I swear to God, <laughs> it's back, baby, I'm, by popular demand. Not do this to me. 
<laughs> Ever. I'm going to go with Final Fantasy. Correct. Do you know what Final Fantasy is from? No. I'm just going to say no. Well, take a shot. I'm going to say Final Fantasy VIII. No. Okay. It's from a Final Fantasy III. But you're still on the board. All right. Location six. Okay. We're going all over the globe here. Anvil. Oh, this this could be either. Um, I, f- I feel like it's Final Fantasy. Incorrect. This is okay. an Elder Scrolls game. Okay. It is from uh, Oblivion. Okay. Location the seventh. Sky Haven Temple. So you do know, like, I don't play a lot of either one of these, right? <laughs> like, well, titles. it... it- <laughs> it mixes with the other you know the it mixes with the theme of uh, fantasy right because uh you uh what is his name Uchida, right no know, i got Golden you Axe, yeah, no, for sure for dragon sure. quest for sure so would you have rather i picked a dragon quest or final fantasy i would have done probably the same but probably worse <laughs> um sky haven temple correct uh i'm I know this isn't in Skyrim. I don't think this is in Skyrim. Um, I'm sure there are people screaming right now. All sorts of obscenities at me. Uh, sure, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Elder Scrolls. It's a guess at this point. I just want everybody listening to know. It is Elder Scrolls. Okay. Do you know? I'm going to say Skyrim. (laughs) It is Skyrim. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You are up to, you got three, three left. You are. See, I figured out that if I go against my instinct, I'll do better. (laughs) Well, you are, you are five for 10 right now. So the next one, Burmesia. Final fantasy. Correct. Do you know which Final Fantasy it's from? 17. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I know there's not that many. I almost said <laughs> nope. <but> I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Final Fantasy. Wait, are, are you only doing mainline Final Fantasies just out of curiosity, or do I have to guess? Yeah, like, only okay, yeah, no okay, weird good. ones. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with 9. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, thank Dude, you. Dude, <laughs> late game, knocking it out. Um, Number nine, Scal Village. That's Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Yes, it is. Do you know what game it's from? Probably one I haven't played. Uh, wh- wh- uh, what's the first Elder Scrolls called? <laughs> what's the second one called? <laughs> I think the second one. I think the second one is Morrowind. I thought the third one was Morrowind. We'll Wait. go with Morrowind. I'll go with Morrowind. It's not Morrowind. All right. It is Skyrim. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. And the final one, number ten, Sanity's End. That's Final Fantasy, right? Incorrect, Ryan. I am sorry. Oh, is this where you go when you like open an Elder Scroll? <laughs> that is. <laughs> that is. Elder Scroll Stormhold. Stormhold. Oh, that sounds like a neat one. Uh, so in total, eight points. Hey, I'll take points. it, buddy. I'll so take it. So you know what? Out of ten, 
Not too fucking shabby, it's really, man. It's really out of 20, but we'll say out of 10. It makes it well, sound a lot hey, better. <laughs> they're bonus points for a reason. They, they, they count, but they don't count. But also you could say, none of these points count. But thank you for playing Fantasy or Fantasy. Let's move on to the last portion of the show here, and that is the music for Golden Axe. And uh, I guess I'll just start out here, and I will say simply that games like Golden Axe, uh, like Altered Beast, of course, uh, Haunting, Starring Poltergeist, Earthworm Jim, it sounds like these games were meant to have like these really, really cool soundtracks. But like, for whatever reason, the composer also didn't want you to listen to them. Like they didn't want you to not (laughs) listen to them, but like they didn't want you just to hear it. Right. Because these games, including Golden Axe, sound like it's coming out of like a, a fuzzy shoebox that's like locked up in a closet someplace. And you just happen to be in the same room as play music. I, I have no other way to describe it because it's just like. It just, I hate the Sega Genesis sound chip. It is like, this game is, you look at something like Sonic the Hedgehog, which is like the perfect utilization. I know there's others. Ristar. Mm-hmm. Ristar right. is another one. Perfect utilization of the sound chip. They, they did their homework. They knew what the assignment was and they made an awesome soundtrack. Whereas games like this, it's like, again, it just sounds like somebody's playing music in another room and, it's like you don't really get to hear the whole thing. Yeah, like you don't yeah. hear the different instruments that they put in the in the mix. It's fucking weird. And not only that, like if you put this if you put the soundtrack for this game on side by side with Alter Beast, I honestly would not be able to tell you which was which. They almost sound identical to me. I know both games had different composers, but they're incredibly similar, and with that, I mean, we talked about Alter Beast just not having anything memorable. <sighs> I mean, the first stage has pretty cool music, but outside of that, like, yeah, I got I got nothing for this. It's just, it almost may as well just not be there. Yeah. yeah I, I really don't have much to add as far as the music goes. Uh I hear people sometimes talk about the Sega Genesis music as though it's a good thing. And like, I'm pretty sour on Genesis music as a whole. As you mentioned, there are a few game standouts, but, um, I just don't think it, 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 in general, Genesis music did it for me. Like there are SNES soundtracks I could still go back and listen to. Uh, there are not Sega Genesis soundtracks that I would really do that with. Um, and this is not necessarily a good soundtrack to me. So like they didn't like, I feel like in a lot of ways, this game kind of cleared the bar, especially when you compare it to Uchida's other game. It's, it almost seems like they just didn't even try. It's too bad. It too is. bad, honestly. Cause I, I think when I think about some of the best beat em ups, 
They have fucking slamming soundtracks. You know, gosh, here I am shitting on the Genesis, but like Streets of Rage 2 had a good soundtrack, a really good soundtrack. Yeah, isn't that, uh, I'm probably going to butcher it, Yoko Koshiro or something like that? You're probably right. I'm just going to say you're probably right. Is this another part of the quiz here? Like, what's going on? (laughs) No, 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 no. But he, uh, the, the composer for Streets of Rage is relatively prolific yes absolutely you know, the came back for so. streets of rage 4 and like yeah, yeah so yeah. he's uh, done a lot of things yeah. i want to say it's yoko kojiro but i'm probably getting that wrong it's something or a name similar to that japanese is bad for me uh <laughs> so me america me dumb american <laughs> <laughs> this is uh yeah this is incredibly uh disappointing for a beat-em-up so yeah yeah, yeah. To our final thoughts here, uh, we're going to basically summarize everything that we've we've kind of talked about, uh, summarize our thoughts, give our final thoughts, and see if we can possibly recommend. I almost said Golden Beast. <laughs> you might as well. There's, there's not there's not a Golden X. There's not a Golden Beast. So hey, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Who cares? Name it whatever uh, you want. <laughs> Golden Axe. See if we can recommend Golden Axe in 2023. Golden Axe Battler. i didn't hate golden axe for me it straddles that line of like a competent beat-em-up but like also outdated by today's standards which is like kind of a weird it's kind of a shitty thing for me to say i suppose because i still have a very hard time with beat-em-ups but i think aspects of this are kind of outdated i said in an earlier episode uh, and multiple times throughout this podcast that I've just never really been into beat-em-ups. I, I've, I've said it multiple times tonight. But, you know, I have been playing them for most of my life. Like, I've I've been playing, like, again, the, the casual ones, so to speak, right? Uh, so, like, I'm looking at games like Streets of Rage or uh, Final Fight or Turtles in Time, and when you play those, they... I think I guess they just don't seem that outdated. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's what I mean when I'm like, oh, this seems a little outdated. I guess it seems outdated by those standards. Yeah. They're de- the they're standards m- in which it was released. Right. They're more dynamic games. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, to a point, Golden Axe is like, it's like almost that it's almost those games, but it doesn't it doesn't quite nail the feeling uh, that those games have. Speaking about the graphics, I mean, the graphics aren't that great. Again, the environments would look fine if they weren't so muddy looking, if they they didn't look pretty much exactly the same. I thought the controls are just a little bit rigid, but most of the time this game still has like that OG quarter stealing difficulty that's, hasn't really aged well uh considering a lot of beat-em-ups have like unlimited continues now or maybe there's a currency that dropped maybe you lose some currency or something but you can still at least continue but 
there's at least something that you're you're punished for when you die uh and not just having to start the entire game over but yeah i mean kind of like a lot of those early games you can always find a way to cheese it it's not the best some people would say that's not the best way to play the game to experience it sometimes you just have to get good and i just who has time for that these days at, at that point, I, I guess, like, I don't know, I would rather go for the more entertaining part of the game than actually be fully satisfied by really rounding out my skills and it really getting those combos down and looking at the frames of the enemies that are trying to hit me and stuff like that. Jump kicking is an incredibly viable way of getting through this game. It's part of the tool set, so I'm going to use it. I, I just don't think it's really that cheap if it's in the game. Magneto pops out and he says, play the real game, you fucking pussy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I mean, that's exactly what I'm scared of these days. I'm scared of playing these games. And then all of a sudden, Magneto pops into my room. He's like, are you playing the game <laughs> What the are right you doing? Way? Jump kicking everybody. Yeah. Magneto. You know what? I'm not even going to do it because I don't want to have to ring the Dark Souls bell. Oh, no. Other than that, the magic system is fine. I, I didn't think it was that great. But also, I was in a position, you know, this is something obviously that should go with saying that how I played the game, I was in a position where I didn't need to use magic that much because I cheesed it. So I could, even though I was bitching about the magic use, I honestly didn't need to use it until I hit a boss. So I didn't mind this game that much. Also, I don't think I would really, I don't think I would recommend it. I don't know if I want to go that deep, though. Maybe, maybe this is more of like a light not recommend. It's definitely better than Alter Beast. I mean, I've said that <laughs> a couple times now, but there's like not enough here for me to tip the scales, honestly. Like, the only reason I think you would really want to play this is if you want to just play like a comparatively decent beat em up for its time. Anyway, very long winded, broken <laughs> rant there. Ryan, would you recommend Golden Axe? <laughs> <laughs> so um there as you said like it's tough to recommend these games in 2023 when things like uh shredder's revenge exist right or streets of rage 4 or streets of rage 2 which is even of the same era you bring up how it just doesn't sing graphically like put a screenshot of golden axe next to a screenshot of turtles in time and you'll know exactly what we're talking about even when it comes to games from the same era uh, I don't 100% buy in to the idea that new is better, but beat em up games in general have learned a lot. Uh, you could even see the difference. If you want like a fantasy themed beat em up game, this is not your only option. Look at like the Chronicles of Mistara collection, which is the Tower of Doom and Shadow over Mistara. And these are like D&D beat em up games with some light RPG elements, maybe to rival Dragon Quest. And. <laughs> <laughs> They are graphically better, story better. They offer choices and like dynamic gameplay where you could kind of choose your path. I mean, these are like better in almost every aspect than a game like Golden Axe. But Golden Axe was pretty vital for when it came out. Like, I feel like it is a vital step in the beat em up genre, eventually reaching the heights of games like Chronicles of Mistara or 
Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge, you know, there had to be games that tried different things to get us to the point we are today. And this was one of them. So if you're like a historian and you're interested in seeing like how far we've come, uh, you won't have a bad time playing Golden Axe if you're someone who just enjoys beat em ups and want to try something that you haven't tried before and maybe you haven't played Golden Axe, you're going to enjoy playing it. If you're someone who like, hasn't played a beat-em-up and wants to try one that's, you know, a pretty good entryway into the genre, Golden Axe isn't that bad. And that's why I'm actually going to give it a, a light recommend, because I think, like, at the end of the day, I picked this game up for the first time in 25 years, having played all these better beat-em-ups, and I still played it through to the end, Put played it again with a different character, tried different game modes, and like I wasn't having a bad time for the entirety of my playtime. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a, a a light recommend. Okay, yeah, that's cool, and that's why I brought you on the show. You have a lot more context for beat 'em ups than I do. You're dropping names of games I've never even heard of. I would have thought you just made that up. No, honestly, Shredder's Revenge. What the yeah, fuck is yeah, that? I'm sure that's the one you're <laughs> referencing. I, if you haven't played Chronicles of Mistara, I should add it to your PvP if you haven't already named it at this point. But I know I already recommended one of them that I hope you get to play, which is Einhander. Hmm. Yes, yeah, a game that I have played. Anyway, uh, Golden X. That's that's it. That's the episode. I did not think we were going to talk about Golden X for. I know. Nearly two hours. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan, thanks for dropping by. Hey, man. Thanks for leaving your nice, sunny vacation home um, on an island someplace where you retired. I'm just, I'm really just, I had to be here. You saved my life by getting me off that exploding planet. So <laughs> I'm like contractually obligated to be here. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, what do I say here? You got anything to promote? Not really. Uh, <laughs> well, Listoff's still out there. If you want to listen to Listoff podcast, you could find it, Google it, whatever. Uh, yeah, what? There's like 300 episodes in the backlog or whatever. Like, yeah, there's plenty of stuff to listen to. If you listen to if right. you want to yell at me for how much I don't know Final Fantasy or uh, Elder Scrolls, you, uh, you go to the Listoff podcast Twitter and to or to the Instagram and go ahead and tell me how bad at video games i am because i don't know that stuff i will say i i do plan on going back through the entirety of list off starting from episode nice. one and i cannot wait to message you out of context and be like i can't <laughs> fucking believe you said this on episode three <laughs> minute 22 when you and brian were talking about you know something or other <laughs> i'd actually be interested to hear your thoughts on episode two and that's not a okay. joke oh all yeah. right well now I have no idea. I don't remember. We were a list-based podcast, and uh, we our first episode came out when The Last of Us Part Two had we just played through it. So uh, our second episode is actually The Last of Us Part Two. It's not even like a list. We tried to make it like our the ten things we liked most about that game. Mm, yeah, you did have a couple like just game centric mm -hmm. episodes in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be a little treat for me to go through. Anyway. Yeah, if if that's it, then yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Seriously, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Next week on the show, what am I doing next week on the show? <laughs> Normally, I have Golden some sort X of two. No, <laughs> nice little te nice little teaser, uh, but I actually don't even remember what's happening. Uh, well, I, I guess I have been covering a lot of dinosaur centric games. This is this is another game 
that was just running off the uh, Jurassic Park fad happening in the early 90s. It's Chuck Rock. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's in a band. That's pretty fucking cool, right? Everybody <laughs> wanted to be a rock star, even cavemen, apparently. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Take care of yourselves and always remember it's okay to like a video game. Thank you.